Hey there, welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast, where faith and works are empowered. With every episode, we're embracing our multi-layered lives with faith, know-how, and grit. I'm your host, Dr. Jasmine, and I'm ready to go global with you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast, where faith and works are empowered. This podcast is designed to empower women to join their faith and their works to live out the courageous life for, for which God created them. So. If you are ready to step into your calling, step into the power that God has endowed you with, listen, you are in the right place at the right time today because this is the Girl Go Global podcast. We've been having some dynamic, dynamic guests. Our community is growing, y'all. So I'm so excited you decided to join me today. I'm so excited that you you decided to tap in each week because We are offering the kind of value that's going to help you fulfill your calling. And not only that, add to your multi-layered life with faith, know-how, and grit. So today, have with me Ms. Tanisha Johnson. She is an associate clinical social worker, self-care coach, and the author of When Depression and Anxiety Have a Voice. She has helped hundreds of men and women through one-on-one coaching sessions as well as self-care workshops. Tanisha, would you say hello to the Girl Go Global community? Hi, how are you guys doing? I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank, thank you, you thank you. For this opportunity. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. This is um, going to be a great conversation. Uh, I was remarking before we hopped on to our recording today, I was remarking to her that I kind of been stalking her her Instagram. We have a a, a person, uh, a mutual associate, if you will, who helped us both with our self publishing processes. So, yes. um, shout out to uh, Monique uh, Mensa, who is a great person in the self publishing space. But today, um, this conversation with Tanisha is really about. That whole journey of self-care. We're going to be talking about healing. We're going to be talking about it all. So I want to jump right into this conversation. Tanisha, tell us why and when does depression and anxiety have a voice? Uh, So the title came to me because, well, I've been praying about a a title for a book for a long time. And the title was revealed to me when I realized that it was a combination of depression and anxiety that was causing me to lose my voice Mm. in life and just being unable to set boundaries and speak up for myself and all those things. And so when I actually thought about it, I said, this is what I want to talk more about. Mm. You know, this is what I want to help other people with because I feel like a lot of us struggle in these arenas of setting boundaries and you know understanding who we are and all those things you know and we don't talk enough about it Mm, mm. so if you would offer some of the global global girls a a tidbit a, a snippet or what's the main point that you bring out as part of your book uh, the main points that I talk about in my book is um, healing from codependency. Uh, we're really understanding what it is, you know, mm. first off. Um, and then after that, you know, understanding how do we heal from it. Mm, mm, mm. That's so good. And we're going to get re- more into this book. 
Um, but I also want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what's the linkage between this whole idea of healing and self-care because you also um, have a specialty in that area. I do, yeah. So um, the self-care piece comes in because really what we're, it's like it's, um, there's four components, four main components, I should say, of self-care. Now, there's been a lot of additions, you know, over the years, but the main components of self-care is physical self-care, uh, mental self-care, emotional self-care, and spiritual self-care. Mm. Um, and when it comes to codependency, that falls under emotional self-care, how we allow people to, t- uh, to talk to us, um, how we engage with people, how we see ourselves in the world, um, and how we support ourselves through our own dreams, goals, and and just the stressors of life. You know, do we pay attention to um, our body when it's trying to tell us, you know, I'm tired, I mm-hmm. want to sleep? Do we pay attention to ourselves when our feelings have been hurt, when people have wronged us? All those things, you know, mm-hmm. fall under that bracket of emotional self care. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. That's so good. Wow. So how did you get into this industry? Tell us more about how you got into clinical social work, how you bridged off into this whole coping, coaching, I should say, and into being an author. Yeah, I am. Um, so I've actually been in a, I've been a social worker for 20 years. So mm-hmm. I started doing social work. Um, really, I was like 18 years old working at um, a shelter here in the Bay Area, a family shelter. And when I went to when I went to school, I always knew I wanted to help people, but I didn't know at what capacity. Mm. And I was talking to, you know, like my um, counselor at that time. And she was like, well, you know, maybe you should look into like case management or social work or working in hospitals. And she just had a list of stuff. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll think about, you know, the case manager, social worker thing. And so I started to apply and I started off just like they always put you on like the most horrible sketch shout out to all my people who ever did shelter work but they put you on the most horrible schedule at first I was like on call for the graveyard shift which was like 12 to 8 and I was doing that for about a year and then eventually I was like I need something that's you know more like more hours, you know, more money. And I was just kind of leveled up over the years from working at family shelters to working with um, first time teen parents. Um, I worked at youth clinics. Uh, I've worked for various like home business organizations. And then eventually, you know, I got a job um, with the county um, and I started doing home visits with first time moms there. And uh, I love the work, you know, I love, I'm, I'm pretty much an infant mental health, actually. Um, but I love the work that I do. And it just kind of spiraled into me trying to figure out where do I want to take this with my life. And mm. um, I was kind of like at a fork in the road, like I had like, just turned 30 and I was trying to figure out like where am I going in my life and that's when I noticed that I got depressed Um, I was Mm. struggling with depression I already knew what depression was because I had been in the field for a while I think I just didn't want to admit that I was struggling with it Mm. Um, and so once I did that um, 
it kind of just put me on this journey of like journaling more. And I forgot that I used to love to write in my diary and journal when I was a child. Mm. And so it just spiraled into me, you know, getting into the vibe again of journaling out my feelings. And then the thought came in my head, well, maybe I should write a book. And so Mm. I wrote the book, I found Monique, um, you know, I wrote my book, I put the book out, a lot of people like it, and then people started asking me if I can coach them on their journey, mm. and so then, you know, I got my coaching certification and all that, and then I started doing the coaching, and, and here we are. <laughs> wow, here we are, that's so good, such a great story, and it seems like you were story or your, the way you found purpose, the way you found your passion was kind of authentic, and birthed out of your own lived experience. Tell us more about that. Like, what are your thoughts on how you arrived there? It sounds like it was very authentic. It sounds like it was birthed out of your own experience. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was um, it was an interesting journey because I wasn't going to write the book, you mm. know, for so long. And because I was like, well, I don't know what to write about. Would people really want to hear this? you know but I did it anyway Mm. and I think the experience of depression was so significant for me that I wanted I wanted to document it Mm. you know I wanted other people to know that all these small little things are real and especially black especially us as like women of color and black women I wanted us to know I wanted somebody else to know my story, to know the signs, because mm. there were subtle signs that I didn't recognize at first. Like I, I used to always get my hair done and I used to love like getting hair weaves and stuff. I used to always get hair weaves, different, different curls, different styles, different everything. And then I kind of transitioned to like wearing the wigs and then, mm. um, you know, I stopped putting on my contacts. I was wearing my glasses. I went from like lipstick to lip gloss Mm -hmm. and I was thinking that I'm doing a lot. I'm tired. You know, it's normal for me. It's okay for these things to change. You know, I'm getting older, blah, blah, blah. But now I know that that was the depression. Then it's like, I was losing the ability, um, you know, to be able to get up and take care of myself or even see the point. I didn't even really see the point in in uh, dressing up and stuff mm. like that. Wow, that's so interesting that you had that much self self awareness. I want to go back to something that you said. You said do it anyway, right? Um, do it anyway. People like to say do it scared. Where did you get the faith and courage to do it anyway? I had prayed about my book. And I had asked God to help me, to help me write it. What should mm-hmm. I write? Um, I think there's, I could, a lot of people, maybe it's not just me, but I had connected me having like a master's degree to mean that I have to write this clinical book. Mm, so I was good. trying to write like that and it wouldn't come out. Mm. And that's when I was like, well, maybe I'm just not meant to write it. And so I yeah. started praying about it. And I just got a message like, write from your heart and write what really happened. Mm. Um, And so for me, that was the do it anyway. It was like, I don't know 
how this is gonna make me look to the world you know Mm. to to say these things but I'm gonna do it anyway yeah that's good that's good um man so many things I want to talk about um that you just shared but I want to kind of go back because I want to kind of sit in this whole idea about you notice subtle changes within yourself um you know notice how you wore your hair differently your makeup change I guess some other things happen what about that self-awareness like say for instance someone's it sounded like you were dealing with depression to some degree unknowingly and then at some point you had an epiphany an aha moment or whatever it was to kind of let you know hey I'm not I'm not good can you tell us about you know, based upon your training and things of that nature, if someone's going through depression and they are having these subtle changes, as you explain, what are some signs to help people, not so much self-diagnose, but, but have some type of a, a high moment or awakening about their present circumstance in ways that say, you know what, I need to pivot and see why really I'm having these changes what does that mean can you help us there yeah so the um so big ones to look out for um is like changes in in your diet you like eating more eating less um just feeling tired not having the energy to do those things do things that you once loved and for me I was actually sitting in class and the teacher was going over like all these different diagnoses and stuff. And he started going over depression and he started saying like some of the same things I'm saying now. And I was like, well, wait a minute. And I, I still didn't want to believe it. So I came home mm-hmm. and I read for myself mm. and I was like, oh my God. And then I started thinking like, well, yeah, I have been feeling this way for two or three years because that this is the thing about certain forms of depression. Like mm. it used to be called dysthymia, but now it's called a persistent depression disorder. It's such a low grade level of depression that if you're not careful, you will think that you're just having bad days. Mm. Because it's like the person is still able to function. They're still able to do things. But it's like they're slowly losing their zeal for life. Mm -hmm. And that's what was going on with me. Like I was still going to work, but I was late all the time. I didn't necessarily care about what I looked like. You know, I was still doing my best to go to school and and all those things. I was doing my assignments late. So it's like when we see ourselves like, those little things like getting to places late, not being able to get out the bed some days, you know, not having a desire to, you know, to fix yourself up the way that you normally would, not wanting to hang out with family or friends or not wanting to play and interact with your kids. Sometimes it's, it's us being tired, but if we notice it consistently, like longer than two weeks, it could be mm. something else. Interesting. So did, did you realize at some point what was making you have those change of habits? Like, I think sometimes, I don't want to say that depression sometimes is mysterious, but I'm, I'm not sure that's the right word, but sometimes life experiences, there is something that triggers us to feel depressed or to be 
down? You know, at what point did you realize what was making you feel this way? Which, you know, what was the trigger? What was the life event? Not saying that you need to share, but like sometimes people don't always seem to articulate why they're feeling that way. Can you help me understand that personally? I'm asking for myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. So it was the depression. Uh, I mean, it was a codependency. The codependency had um, just the lifestyle of feeling like I have to be there for everybody all the time, uh, putting more on my plate than I really was able to to deal with. Um, Everywhere I went, you know, it was almost like I was trying to not be the star, but I was trying to like be helpful and supportive and I didn't realize how I was burning myself out by Mm -hmm. always offering you know that amount of support and encouragement to other people and I wasn't giving it to myself Mm, that's good and it it was a build-up it was years you know it was it was like decades of, of me doing that and my body had just gave out and I was tired and the depression had set in that is so interesting. I I don't, I don't, I have not yet heard people talk about depression as like this whole I, multi-layered or different levels to depression. Sometimes we just kind of generalize, oh, sh- he's depressed or she was depressed. But it sounds like what you're saying is because I'm definitely not learning in this space is that depression, there are different layers and I guess different levels of depression for which people need to educate themselves because you might start at the, the lowest level, but eventually if it's not goes unaddressed, it could spring forth into something a little bit more serious. Um, mm, interesting. Yeah. I've heard you say something that kind of triggered a thought for me and um, about this whole idea about codependency. And I wouldn't say that I was ever codependent on someone, but I have... Um, I was dating a guy and he, he was depressed and it was making me depressed. Oh. I, I don't, I, I don't know how to kind of explain what, what I was feeling, but he was going through so much in his life. Um, I had a certain level of concern for him and then it was making me sad. It was like his spirit, his down the way he was feeling was kind of like, you know, bouncing off. Wearing you down. Probably. Yeah, wearing me down, right? So I remember one day he was like, well, what's wrong with you? I said, child, I don't know. I done done a lot of prayer. I done done a lot of deliverance on my life and and <laughs> and, and just kind of learning how to speak affirmations and get, get myself out of those deep, dark hits and situations or feeling like I'm I'm depressed. And here you are, you come over here coming into my world making me you know feel like I'm like heck to the point where one time I said what is wrong with me nothing to be depressed about or nothing to feel down about needless to say he's gone so (laughs) but but what I'm saying is you said to me uh about this whole idea about codependency and it triggered this very same thought for me about how other people's spirit other people's emotions can attach itself to you 
Oh yeah. my. So yeah, I'm feeling something on that. I'm feeling like a thought process that I need to sit with later. Um, but that's so, so, so interesting. Um, when we talked earlier, you told me that you had an interest in kind of unpacking a little bit more healing from people pleasing. Is that the same thing as this whole idea about codependency? Yes. So pe- so people like the word people please, the term mm-hmm. people please much better than code- codependency. <laughs> uh, but really people pleasing is a tool that codependents use. Mm. Okay. So it's like if you're a people pleaser, it's also very likely that you're codependent. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Um, but you don't, but the two don't, sometimes you're not. Sometimes, you know, that people are people pleasers because of like, they struggle with low self-esteem, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but people pleasing is, is a, um, it's a characteristic of codependence. It's a, mm. a coping mechanism that co- codependence has. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Huh? So give us some tips, tools, and strategies. If you had to give your top three or more, but your top three strategies for coping with depression, whether at one of the lower levels or whether at a high level, what would you share? Like anything you shared in your book, that could help someone kind of navigate that space to give them some some strategies to kind of um, shift them out of that depression, if you will. For sure. So the top one that I would say is start journaling or writing down your daily events before you go to a therapist. Mm. And and the only reason why I say that is people people spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in therapy and they don't really get to the root of what's going on for them until two, three months in. Mm. And it does take time, you know, to build a rapport with a therapist. And, and sometimes people just need to bid and get everything out before they really start talking about what they're going through. But if you are a person that is, you know, have some self-awareness and you have some time I would highly encourage you to sit down with yourself and journaling out you know what events have led up to you feeling this way you know Mm. like what what has been your last encounters you know with people that that you're close to you know Mm. have you felt loved how you have you felt appreciated because all these things build up to you um, starting to become depressed Mm. and so if you can bring that information to your to a therapist you know that or to a coach you know that you trust then you will really be able you know to get to the root of what's happening much faster and in addition to that you'll be able to have more um, authentic conversations where your therapist or your coach can give you some realistic tools that you can use. Mm, that's good. Um, that's good. So that would be my, that would be my first one. Okay. And, uh, my second one for people who struggle with, um, codependent, uh, well, codependency, but uh, depression is to take your time, you know, don't feel like you have to rush, uh, create lists of things that you need to do and just check off one or two things from the list, you know, like every day. 
It doesn't have to be, you know, you trying to be like Superman or Superwoman and complete everything that you have to do. Because a lot of times that type of mindset is what what causes us to be depressed. You know, that pressure that we put on ourselves and then we fail or we don't do it the way that we want to do it. And then we start having all um, these levels of like, I'm not good enough and things like that. And so just doing one or two things a day, you know, on your list can help you feel like you're achieving something and it'll help you feel better. Mm. Really, Um, really good. Anything else? Um, and the last one really is self-care. Just, you know, remember to get water, get sleep. Um, if you have energy, try to walk at least two or three times a week. That actually helps with, um, when people used to say that, I used to be like, oh yeah, walking, whatever. But it actually does over time, walking, walking consistently two or three times a week even if it's just like 20 minutes, it actually helps you build up the serotonin in your body. So your body start, your body and your brain start to feel better. You know, mm. your, um, your body. And all of that, you know, interesting. Yeah, it really is true. <laughs> it, yeah. I believe that, you know, also it gives you energy. Yeah. When you, when you work out or walk or just get them moving. Sometimes I think, and I have no license or anything. I'm just saying I have been depressed before and that makes me want to sleep and just be by myself. But working out, um, it it fueled me to want to get out, be amongst people, energy to go and do things. And that's what I mean by energy. It's my own personal experience with that. So yeah, I, I totally support that and I totally agree with that. Hmm. Wow, this is good. This is um, conversation is super, super refreshing. I am talking to Miss Tanisha Johnson. She is a clinical social worker, a self-care coach, and author of When Depression and Anxiety Have a Voice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so give me something. What is the best advice for women who want to step into your industry? They say, I want to be a self-care coach. Self-care is a huge, huge topic uh, in the coaching space these days. If someone wants to step into your industry, what would you say? I would tell them to make sure that they've done their own healing work first. Mm, Um, And and just start it. Like, don't feel like you have to be perfect because none of us are. But just make sure that you've started your own healing work. Um, And then from there, come on, girl. (laughs) They need more people. This industry um, isn't talked about enough. Um, And I think, too, just us as women always feeling like we have to carry everything on us, you know, like, support our kids support our spouses our significant other or if we're sing, you know if you're single you know trying to hold yourself down it, it could be a lot mm. you know and self-care is so important you know it's like yes we need to get our hair done we need to get our na- hair done nails done everything did like <laughs> we, <laughs> we need to do that but in addition to that it's okay for you to like Say no, mm-hmm. turn your phone off, you know, don't, you know, 
don't go instead of going and buying like a, a fancy dress or concert tickets, maybe take yourself, you know, to a little city by yourself, like mm. do a day trip, you know, mm. take that money and, you know, just get away, see some scenery. It's like all of that, you know, is self-care. Yeah, I agree. You know, I've just recently started like um taking a day in the middle of the week Mm -hmm. you know for myself or working super early and say oh my god you know sometimes I um I I work at flex time or whatever and so I you know instead of me getting off early or working late make up a spa appointment Mm -hmm. leave go to the spa work early finish up and say you know what it's time for a spa day or you know what it was one day I just got super, super stressed at work. You said, I said, you know what? I tried to go make a spa appointment. <laughs> I tried to, you know, <laughs> call. I, I get, um, go to massages, my, my massage therapist or my esthetician. I even tried to see if she had an appointment available for a Yoni steam. You know, that's kind of relaxing too. I said, but you know what? You know what I enjoy doing? Going to the grocery store. I love walking through Whole Foods, thinking about what I'm going to cook because I love to cook. Thinking about what I'm going to make for dinner or whatever. And um, so that's where I went. Nothing was open. So I went to the grocery store. I know some people do retail therapy. You know, I don't, I don't, I've done that in the past. I don't need anything else as far as clothes, shoes, anything. I do need some foods. I went to the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness this is such a good conversation and so you've dropped so many gems this has been so enlightening even just for me so how do you tap into your inner carriage you know you get up every day to serve others um but you sound like you've also served yourself in ways that got you to this point but how do you tap into your inner carriage um I really try to tell my remind myself that I want to leave a mark here Mm. you know on this on this in this world and even when I was scared you know I said to myself Tanisha like what do you want your legacy to be you know what do you want people to remember you by and for me I want people to I don't want all my suffering and my pain to go for nothing Mm. you know because I've dealt with depression for a really long time since I was a child I've dealt with feelings of being unloved for a really long time um the overextending myself the people pleasing and it's brought it's brought me to some very low points in my life Hmm. and I'm just now learning how to give myself self-compassion and grace around it and so whenever you know my time is up here like when people think about Tanisha Johnson, I want them to think about self-care. I want them to think about saying no. I want them to think about living their own life, mm. you know, because I I lost a lot of years not living my life because I was so focused on helping everybody else. Mm. And so it brings me joy when I see that 25-year-old woman setting boundaries and saying no and knowing her worth, you know, she could be a size 30, you know, mm. but she has a bikini on and she's smiling. Like she mm. knows that she's beautiful, yeah. you know, because I didn't, I didn't live that kind of life. 
Mm. You know, I, I lived a life where I thought I was ugly, I was unwanted, and nobody cared about me. Mm. And so being seen meant I had to take care of people so that people knew I was there. So mm. people didn't leave me. Mm. Um, and I don't want, that's what brings me courage. You know, awesome. knowing that the legacy I leave behind me will be a group of women who know their worth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I don't get up every day and make it happen, then how is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not. And so here I am. That was so heartwarming. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Really, yeah. really, really, really. So when I say, what does it mean for girls to go global? What would you say? I I just want to say that I love that title. That's what stood out to me the most about your brand. I was like, global. Oh my God. Like, I think about just all over the world, like women just being courageous and bold and supporting each other in doing that. Mm. That's what I think about. Wow. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Before we hop off, I like to just offer up a prayer for those who may be dealing with depression, those who may be needing a little bit more self-care because prayer still works, sis. And so (laughs) it still works. God still cares. He's concerned about us. So I want to say a little prayer. And Tanisha, if you want to hop on in once I'm finished, by all means, feel free. But Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to have a conversation with your sister, your your daughter, Tanisha, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation that someone may have heard something that has set them free, has given them new awakening, has raised their awareness, Father. And so today, God, I just thank you for the opportunity to speak to Miss Tanisha Johnson. I thank you for, for touching every woman, every man, anyone who's listening that may have heard something that educated them, that gave them new insight, Father. And for those who are dealing with depression, I plead the blood over every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I thank you, oh God, that you are creating in them a clean heart and renewing them in a right spirit. I thank you, God, right now for a sound mind, heart, and spirit. I thank you, oh God, that you would perfect that which concerns them. And you would speak to their heart right now. Speak to the innermost parts, Father. Oh, God, we thank you, oh, God, that you're driving out fear and you're driving out depression and you're driving out anxiety and you're driving out those things that are not like you. And they would think on these things, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give them an expected end, Father, because you knew them before they were born. And so, Father, I thank you, oh, God, that you stooped down to make them great. And we break the back of the enemy today, right now, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and how you're going to bring them out head first, Father. Oh, God, we thank you for digging them up out of the pits, Father. And we thank you, oh, God, for a new day, a new revelation of life about how great you are. And we thank you, Father, for what you're going to do for each and every listener right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for how you're going to bless indeed. And we thank you, oh, God, that there shall be new dimensions, new strategies, and new insights, Father. And thank you, O God, for sending the help and the comfort they need to live out their courageous lives. And so so today, God, I just thank you for what you're going to do. And I thank you, O God, for the great testimonies that shall come forth without delay. In the name of Jesus, I pray. 
Amen. 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 So thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining. Um, I have loved this conversation and hopefully we can circle back some more conversations in the future. Connect with you if they would like, if they were looking for self-care coaching, if they're looking just to connect with you about your book and anything you have going on, how can they connect with you? Yes, they can go to tjselfcare.com. Um, I have uh, a free uh, five-step guide to healing from people pleasing on my website or living free. It's called Living Free on my website. I have, of course, I have my books. Mm. I have up and coming events, you know, that people can sign up for. Um, I have links to my podcast, to my mm. Facebook group. So tjselfcare.com is where they can find everything. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been the Girl Go Global Podcast where faith and works are empowered. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe and share the content with a friend. Don't keep it all to yourself. Girl Go Global.